Christian this evening as we turn to his word. Let's ask for his help as we do that. Our Heavenly Father, we ask that for Jesus' sake your word would be a blessing to us again tonight. We're glad that we can open our Bibles in freedom, that we take advantage of these opportunities you give to us, and may we be able to receive your word tonight in such a way that uh, we could respond to it now and throughout our lives and into eternity uh, with the kind of response that is pleasing to you, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray that you'd hear us in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, we're going to be taking a look at Philippians uh, tonight. Actually, we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 2, not chapter 1. That's my mistake. I had 12 and 18, and I guess those ones, and then I put one more one in there, and that was my error. So it's meant to be Philippians 2, 18, or 12 to 18, that we're going to be looking at tonight. And then also looking at Lord's Day 49, the Heidelberg Catechism, as we carry on with our series on the Catechism. Looking at Lord's Day 49, focused as we are right now on the Lord's Prayer and the Gratitude section of the Catechism. So, before we read from the Catechism, let's read from the Word of God from Philippians 2, 12 through 18. Here's what we read there. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or questioning, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. We thank the Lord for that portion of his word. Let's respond to it a moment, looking at the third request in Lord's Day 49, question 124. We have that third request or third petition. What does the third request mean? Ask question 124. The answer is, I will be done on earth as it is in heaven, means help us and all men to reject our own wills and to obey your will without any back talk. Your will alone is good. Help everyone carry out the work he is called to, as willing and faithfully as the angels in heaven. May God indeed bless the ministry of his word tonight as well. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, as I was thinking a little bit about, and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to go and and baptized my youngest grandchild, my granddaughter Grace, last 
Sunday in Orland Park, Illinois, I was reminded again at some of the ways in which you see differences between living someplace where there's just people everywhere and living in places where it's not quite like that. Um, my wife and I in, in ministry, we've had a chance to serve in Kansas. We've served twice in Iowa in churches and then a, a great deal of time in the Chicago land area. And it's remarkable how you can live in a certain way in different places like that that have, can have their impact. Because when you're in the Chicago area, when you're one of many, there, there's a real... Uh, a real preponderance, there's a real uh, opportunity that way to live in anonymity. People don't know who you are in mass. Whereas when you're living in this area, or you're living in Kansas even more so, and, and you're going places, you notice sometimes even, uh, I know I have that in my experience, that you'll go places and people will look at you and they, they act like they know you, and you may, you may not know them, but but they know who you are, and uh, it, it makes you, it, it impacts you. It, it, it makes you act a little bit differently when you're among those that know you and know you well, or even know you partially. Uh, when, when I think about uh, young people or young adults who are moving away, or when you're away on holiday or you're away on vacation, there, there's that temptation that when you're away from those places of accountability or away from those people that you that otherwise would know you, there, there can be that temptation to, to live a little bit differently because these are people that wherever you're going, they don't know who you are anyway, so what's the difference that way? You might as well act the way you want. At least that's the temptation. But when you're around those to whom you're accountable, you may find yourself towing the line a little bit more than when you're not. You know, when you're gone, people can't see what you're doing. Uh, so maybe we may try to be or do things that we might not otherwise do. And maybe that shows true colors with some people that way. Um, such way of life betrays, of course, this other basic understanding that whether we're around people who know us or people who don't know us, God knows us. We live, like the, the, the fancy of saying, Coram Deo, we live in the presence of God. We live before the face of God. And uh, he sees it all. And while others might not see what we're doing, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ does. He knows what we're doing. And we might be tempted to think we could fool others with a, a superficial lifestyle, but we're really fooling ourselves if we think that ultimately we can get away with a superficial life. Anonymous or not, God always knows the kind of people that we are on the inside, whether we're genuine or whether we're phony, whether we're superficial or whether we're deep. And in our passage tonight, Paul is speaking of how he would like to see the Philippians grow in their calling to Christian obedience. And he says, not just when he's near them, but more so when he's away from them. And that kind of an aspiration in others and in oneself, for that matter, is certainly the same spirit by which Jesus wants to be having us pray as God's children in Christ, if we are such, 
that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Tonight we're going to focus on two points uh, that surround the, surround the third petition here. The, the heavenly distinction that we're seeking when we're praying this petition, but also the, the humbling perspective that surrounds this petition. Uh, petition. As we're anticipating what we want things to be, and, as, and in very expression of our prayers, we're asking that not our will would be done, but that God's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're going to first of all look at the heavenly distinction. Praying to be obedient children is a prayer for heavenly distinction. Uh, and, and we can gather that from both the teaching of Jesus, which can be found in the instruction of, of the Lord's Prayer, but then we can also find it in the instruction of the Apostle Paul here as well. There's an obvious distinction that's made when Jesus makes this division between heaven and earth in his instruction on the third petition. The teaching presumes, doesn't it, that in heaven, perfect submission takes place. That the earth needs to be like heaven. It stresses most likely the kind of, of obedience that the good angels give to God in heaven. But of course, this is also we're praying to our Father who's in heaven, and, and he deserves such a thing. And this is where this is where that obedience is happening. That kind of obedience, it's also pres presumed, that kind is lacking to a degree, a great degree here on earth. But that, that heavenly kind of obedience is to be the kind, uh, that be the desire of those who have made the good profession of Jesus Christ here on earth. They are, in other words, to be seeking to live a more distinctive life and one that's different from the worldly life, one that mirrors the heavenly way, earthly, earthly good, right? It's, it's heavenly minded, but it's earthly good, but it's, it's mirroring the heavenly way where our Father in heaven dwells. And that kind of a distinction is the kind of distinction that the Apostle certainly seeks among those who belong to the church of Jesus Christ, as he calls them to be a light to the world. As he's calling them to a greater extent, or a more sincere extent, and not just for sincere reasons, uh, superficial reasons, not just to look good when people are around, but to look, but because there is this sincere desire to be good whether people are around or not. Kind of goodness that's more and more one of the heart, and less and less one that's done for superficial reasons, uh, for window dressing, or mere duty, or insincere, or devoid of joy. Paul wants to see that people do God's will, whether people are around or not. It becomes very easy to want to do things only because people won't get mad at you then. And when you don't do them, right? Or they won't get mad at you because you do them, I should say. <clears throat> but the only reason you do that, you do what you do, is because if you, if you don't do it, somebody's going to lay the hammer down on you somehow because there's somebody out there that knows you. There's somebody out there that, that's just telling you that's the way it ought to be. 
And, uh, and so the only reason we end up doing it is just so that we don't get in trouble. It's very easy to stop doing those things that, should, that you should be doing or do things that you should not be doing because nobody's around to give you a hard time about it. You know, some people will move away from home just so that they can go and do what they want and nobody would be there to give them a hard time. At the same time, you, you could have somebody tell you that you should be doing things and, and you'll do them all right, but not because you want to be doing them. You do them more in the spirit as the apostle is alluding to here in our passage spirit of the children of Israel of old who would just grumble and complain about Moses and the direction that he was giving on behalf of the Lord. They didn't like it. They did it, but they didn't like it. You, you don't really want to do the things that you want to do. You complain and moan about it in doing it, but you do it without your heart being really in it. We'll get into what the Catechism says about that more in a minute, but suffice it to say that the heavenly distinction is one in which we're praying that we want to show ourselves to be set apart as the Father's children. That people can see that we are, as it were, chips off the old block. That, that we want our lives to show forth a distinction and a difference so that we might be lights in a dark and a crooked world. Instead of our desire to be simply so that we can get what we want or so that we can live as freely as we want or that we could get what we have coming to us, it's our desire, first of all, to show forth that we are a heavenly people who belong to a heavenly Father who has called us to a life that would shine. That shows the the way to the very same Heavenly Father that others need to know as theirs, Jesus Christ the Savior, and the very same Heavenly Father that they need to be obeying as God's children through Jesus Christ. If they want to stop living, if they want to get away from the crooked way that depicts the generation in which we live, whether it was the time of the apostles or our times today. When we're praying this petition, we're praying that our lives and the lives of others for the sake of Jesus Christ would be different. Different than what they are now. Otherwise, there's no need to pray for those things. Everything's fine the way it is. Now, that may not always be appreciated in this world. And in our own nature, we don't always appreciate the fact that there's certain things in us that, that need to be changed. Uh, Jesus says about the world that those who hate him will hate those who follow him. Those who hate him hate his father and they'll hate his children in Christ as well. And it'll be because of a way of life. It'll be because of a, 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 a marching to a, a beat of a different drummer. Now it'll be without cause, of course, that this happens, no less than people hating Jesus who never did anything wrong. So it's really not an easy thing to be praying like this. Because seeking to be obedient doesn't always make you popular. I don't know how many times that I haven't had of late where uh, whether it's people have come to visit with me or it's, it's in the family or 
and we're chatting about certain things and talking about doing the right thing. And, <clears throat> and, and doing the right thing sounds pretty, when you say it, say, well, of course I want to do the right thing. But doing the right thing, it's not always the easy thing to do because there's oftentimes a ramification for it. When you want to do the right thing as a parent, you have in the back of your mind the thought, yeah, but I don't want to be the bad guy. Right? I don't want to be the policeman. I don't want people not to like me, whether it's my own kids or somebody else. But we like to be liked. <laughs> but what's more important, and, and so when you want to do the right thing, it's not always the easy thing to do. It can be a difficult thing to do. It's not that we're looking for trouble. It's not like we're trying to make people antagonistic towards us. We don't need to be putting stumbling blocks. Sometimes it's the way we say it or the way we do it that's just important as the fact that we do it or that we are those things that we're called to be. But we're not looking for trouble. We're not necessarily trying to be a holier-than-thou kind of people. But, but when we were trying to be like more like heaven and less like earth by obeying, it's just not going to sit well with everybody else on earth. And, yet our, and sometimes it doesn't sit with us, right? Because we want to grumble about it. Yet our, our calling in the petition is not to be worried so much about whether it will sit well with everyone, but will it sit well with our Heavenly Father, whose children we are in Christ? Because if it doesn't always sit well with others, but you know that it sits well with God in Christ, you always have that on which to lean, don't you? Because you can't always predict how people are going to react to you when you're doing or trying to do the right thing. People don't always appreciate that. But better to do the right thing and fall back on God who is pleased by that than to just simply accommodate somebody and still you wonder how that's going to be received, but then displease the Lord in the process. What matters... First, is that what we're doing sits well with our Heavenly Father, that it pleases Him. That's what we're praying for. That, that's what matters the most, for it is to Him that we are accountable ultimately. It is He who has loved us so much that He gave us His Son. It is to Him that we're called to be obedient no matter where we are and no matter who it is that's in our presence whether they are or whether they're not. And, and, and again, that'll be something, if you're a young person here or a young adult here, and you're, you need to remember that if, if there comes a time when you move away from this area. Uh, there are those who will be doing that when they head to college or they head back to college. There are those who, who will be moving away permanently or temporarily. We, we know people like that in our fellowship who have to be away from they're off because of business somewhere else, because of work that's theirs to do. There are those who have moved away permanently. 
that, that, that have to remember that as they move away, whether they're present with those who know them or absent with those from those who know them, this is to be their prayer. Father, may I show myself for the sake of Jesus Christ through whom I've been adopted into your family that I am a part not of the family of the world but of the family of God. I need to be more like my father in how I speak. I need to be godly or godly in how I eat and drink in my worship of the Lord, in my diligence, in my work, in the humility that I show because I'm a child of the gracious Father and God of my Savior. I need to be a genuine believer. I don't need to be a phony one. I don't need to be a pretender of the family. I need to be a real member of the family, proud to be known by the name of Christian as I obey my Father in heaven. I want to show to the world that there is something different about me because something different happened to me. And that difference is that I'm a child of the Father and not of the world for the sake and by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we want to pray then with this heavenly distinction when we pray. And we do that when we pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then what also comes along with this is that it's a prayer for humbling perspective. It's a, we pray humbly when we're praying this prayer. The Apostle Paul says that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Right? That, that's, that's a humbling kind of mentality. That's a reverent kind of, of mentality. Uh, that you're living before the face of God. That's what we do when we pray, and that's what we're asking for as we pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For the Lord's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, preceptively then, the grace of God has to be at work. We're asking God to help us with that. We realize how much we need Him. We need Him to be able to carry these things out. The grace of God has to be at work sovereignly for this to occur. For us to do God's word, Will, God needs to be working His will and work in our lives. And of course, that's what our passage <clears throat> says as well, because it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Whether it is us personally or a world that has yet to come to know the Savior, Jesus Christ as Lord, we can't do any of it without his power. It's humbling. Without his grace, without his goodness at work in our lives. When we ask that the Father's will be done, we're, we're asking that his will would be done in our lives, in our own lives. When we seek to work our salvation with fear and, out our salvation with fear and trembling, we're not saying that we will save ourselves by working. What we are told is that we are to look at our salvation as that which moves us to a suitable calling. One of reverence, one of humility, one even of trembling. We are to live, as, as Paul would say elsewhere, in a way that's worthy of the gospel. 
Those who have known salvation are people then who will not live rebelliously or arrogantly or impenitently, uh, impenitently or selfishly or proudly. They'll live as people who realize to what depths God went to save them. And it impacts them then in the way they live it out. As those who know that even as they live and move and have their being because of God, so also they are saved people by this very same God. And that anything that they're called to be or do then is something that they've come to humbly realize that they can only do because of the power and the grace of the Almighty God. It's humbling to be sure when we know that, that we are who we are only because God has made us that way. When it comes to the obedience to which God has called us in Christ, even that, not just the saving work of Christ, is but a gift from Him. We can see then that our days should not begin without acknowledging that nothing can be done and, and, and done as it ought to be done without the help and the power and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a most humbling perspective of life, but it's also a humbling perspective of, of prayer. And of course, they go together, don't they? Because we see again about how, how prayer and how, how life are intermingled that way. They're reflections one of the other. A most humbling perspective in prayer brings forth a most humbling perspective in life. And that humbling perspective is also seen when we remember that we are, we are the children of the Father and we are not the Lord of the Father. Or we're not the Father of the Father who's only there for us. Now, we're there to follow his directives. He's not there merely to grant our every wish. We can be thankful that he does not grant our every wish. Just like it's good that we are, as earthly parents, don't grant every wish of our children. That wouldn't be good. I'd be in the grocery store the other day and... and there was this, this. There was this family, and you know, in the uh, in this aisle that was full of cookies and chips and everything else. And you know, the father suggested one particular thing that they could get. Well, then they started saying, "Well, that's that's opening the door." And what about this and this and this and this? And I thought, the guys, these people are going to go broke. And they didn't, of course. The parents said, "Ah, uh, 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 uh. I said this. I'm not giving you everything you want." You know, we're going to be bankrupt if I give you everything that you want. It's not good. It's not good as earthly parents to grant everything that our children want to have. God knows that too. It's not good for God's spiritual children. The petition then is not, give me all I want, but your will be done, not mine. As we begin to say already, as we began to say already in the last point, what we need to be praying is not just that it would be his will that we do, 
but we do it more with, without back talk, as the confession says, as the catechism says, without grumbling and proclaiming, it is, after all, God's will and word that is good. And so we find ourselves in this humble way, this perspective, we should be praying, too, that we won't be kicking and screaming to the land of obedience, but more and more desirous of that land. You know, evil's deception is that God just wants to keep us from having fun. God wants no joy in our lives. He won't let. He, he never lets me do anything. Sometimes boys and girls can can get frustrated like that, right? I know when I was a little boy that I would do that way. Boys and girls, I sometimes say, "You never let me do anything." Well, that just wasn't true. God, my my parents were not looking out for my worst. They were looking out for my best. And God is certainly that way too. Evil's deception is that God's will is our burden rather than our blessing. And even Paul's words would speak to this, that it is God who is at work in you to will and to work to do his pleasure. More and more we pray that God would work so in our lives. Let's not give because we simply have to. Right? Let's not, nor should we be oppressed in our giving. God doesn't want that gift. God wants a free gift because he gave freely. We want to give not because we have to, but because we want to do so. We want to worship not because we have to clock in, but because we love to praise our God for the matchless worth of his name and all the bounties that he's provided. We want to do it because we want to. We pray because we want to do things, not because we have to. We work for the Lord because we want to. To be more genuine that way. Not just when people's eyes are on us, but even when they're not. Even more so when they're not. Because we want to be seen as genuine. We want to be seen as those blameless, innocent, without blemish kind of people that God has called us to be in light of his salvation to us and so that we can be of light to the world as well. It's a humbling way. But that's how Jesus has taught us to pray. As the Father's children who love their Father because he loved us first. And with that kind of humble perspective, we'll also show forth the kind of distinction to which we're called as children of God. Genuine, light-bearing, heavenly-like lives that, that show to the world that we are light and not darkness. Light that testifies to the world about the grace and the greatness and the sovereignty and the salvation of God in Jesus Christ. May we find ourselves praying in these heavenly and humbling ways. And not just so that we might be more like the obedient children of God to which we've been called, but in the process that others in time may also come to disobedience as well. As saved of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we're want to pray again that you would help us 
in all men to reject our own wills and to obey your will without any backtalk. Your will alone is good. And help us carry out the work that you've called us to do as willingly and faithfully as the, as the angels in heaven, that in these heavenly and humbling ways that we might show ourselves to be obedient children, but also that in light of your answers to our prayers, we might live as obedient children of the God who has done exceedingly more than all that we could ask or imagine for us in Jesus Christ. May you accept our prayers for the sake